Hey, I'm here now. There is. <clears throat> oh, it's an Ezra. Hey. It's hey, an Ezra guys. party. Ain't no party like an Ezra party. An Ezra Why? party has sandwiches and a reasonable bedtime. <laughs> I guess there are a lot of parties like Ezra parties then, given that. <laughs> <laughs> there are numerous parties like an Ezra party. <laughs> Good evening, me too, and me dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 180. We have now done as many episodes as half of an impressive skateboarding trick. <laughs> oh, or a half impressive skateboard trick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Uh, speaking of things that require more work than I'm capable of, this week we're talking about my guilty pleasure, the greatest show in the history of television, Deadliest Catch. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> I like how I had ooh, and you guys were like, hmm. <laughs> uh, well, uh, so so this is the, we're wrapping up week three of our host's Guilty Pleasures episodes. Uh, so do you guys want me to tell you a little bit why this is the greatest show on television? Yeah, yes, please. please. What, what is up with you in this this business? Uh, I mean, I think... I think there are, um, it's got so many things going for it. It's got the ocean, which is pretty cool looking. Hmm. It's got Alaska, which I, I'm a fan of, uh, on TV at least. It's got uh, people working hard d- during the day, which I like to watch in the background <laughs> while I'm not working during the day. To give you an uh, air of legitimacy, or is this yeah, all Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I feel a sense of accomplishment every time they put in a good 30-hour shift. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a proxy uh, sweat. Yeah. Also... Uh, I, I watch pretty much every show about people working hard for a living, but I don't like shows where they actually kill the fish. And the brilliant thing about Deadliest Catch is the crab are only worth money if you bring them back to the processor alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, on, on like, uh, Sword's Life on the Line, where they catch swordfish, they, like, kill them right there. But in this, I just get to feel, I get to pretend they're not taking them to be killed. So they have to be brought alive back to a place where they are pampered and then put back into the ocean. <laughs> Crab spot! Yeah. <laughs> so you just convince yourself that processor is a clever euphemism for animal sanctuary? Yeah. 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 I, well, crab spot, I think, is better. Like, they buff yeah. they buff the, the shell a little bit yeah. and then send you to a nice place again. Yeah. yeah. One. Sometimes they get a little bit of, you know, some rhinestones on their big claws. <laughs> Bedazzle uh, the big claws. The claws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wanted. Alive or alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like about it. So I don't like the shows where they kill the fish, but this one, they have to keep them alive. And that's kind of fun. And there's, so there's several scenes of, like, a crab fully alive, like, skittering across the deck scuttling across the deck just, just so I can like sort of know your psychosis a little bit when you saw them <laughs> eating the crab what did you think had happened they don't eat the crab very often on the show it happened at least once I saw like a guy with a leg of crab like sticking out of his mouth yeah they, they very rarely do the problem is they're worth like they're worth like six seven bucks a pound and so you these guys do not want to waste them uh, and so they don't eat them very often but I you know I feel like any show you're gonna watch there's a decent chance someone's gonna eat some crab in it like that's it's just a standard sure. cable TV this, problem. That's just network TV. Yeah. yeah, if there's a crab on a plate in the first act, it's going to go in somebody's <laughs> mouth by the fourth act. <laughs> uh, so that's why we're watching Deadliest Catch. Uh, specifically, the assignment for this uh, episode 
was season one, episode one. So I made you watch the the pilot, and then SO three EO five and SO six EO four. Uh, I all three of which are from the King Crab season, half of the season, which I know is problematic because you really have to watch the Opies to get a full appreciation. But King Crab <laughs> are more fun. The Opie half of the season is much sadder because that's when they're. So this is like this is like you know fall. But Opie season is like January, so it's like the dead of winter. So there's feet of ice accumulating on the boats, and it's oh, yeah. more dangerous. And and they catch the, hundreds of littler crabs instead exactly of dozens right. of pretty big crabs. You've seen this show? Well, yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, great. Uh, well, let's talk about it. So okay, hold uh, on, really, really quickly. Sorry, before we go further, do the little crabs ever make like kind of like a um, I don't know, like a carpet for the big crab and like carry it around like the king crab it is? <laughs> I mean, sort of. Uh, usually, the the big crab and the, the big and the little crabs don't hang out together, but they do move in a carpet. Uh, the way crab move is like four or five deep. <laughs> God, that's that, disgusting. Nature is disgusting. Nature is so we gross. We roll sample squares deep. <laughs> it's the it's the it's a biomass, and what they mean by that is like they just like scuttle over each other, and so they're in the and that's why the traps are like. They can fit a couple hundred opies or like you know 150 tops uh, king crab, but they like they crawl over each other to get to the fish. Nature is gross. Nature I, I agree with is gross. If only they could talk to each other and say, "Hey guys, don't get in this buffet." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen this story; it ends badly. This this metal crate that has free fish in it seems like such a good idea. Don't do it. Oh. So beautiful and trusting. <laughs> they are. <laughs> God, you make me so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great show. Anyway, uh, this week's episode <laughs> is sponsored by audiblepodcast.com slash readweep, where you can get a free audiobook of your choice just for signing up for a free trial membership. That still exists. We've been doing that for 160 out of 180 episodes. Still exists, you guys. Read, and it's uh, still audible a great way to support the show. Yeah, it still helps us out a lot. Uh, also, you can sponsor if you want us to watch your guilty pleasure Go to readdeskweep.com slash sponsor and choose any topic under the sun. And if you were thinking about sponsoring more episodes of this show, I'd do it. <laughs> I'd do it. I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm about due for a third viewing of this show. Uh, this, this show makes me feel things. Does it? That's so weird. Okay, well, anyway, let's talk about it. Uh, first, let me introduce... You haven't even heard about the panel yet, you guys. Let me introduce the panel today. Uh, I'm your host. I'm Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone, and you should. Also joining us today in San Francisco, California, it's Ezra Fox. Uh, I'm the crab on the bottom that dies of like old age at the ripe uh, age of 15 days. Yeah. They call that dead loss. It's really sad because yeah. they didn't get back to the processor alive, so they die. And what happens is when a crab dies, did you know this? They release a chemical that kills all the crabs around them. <laughs> so one crab dying will kill three more, and it will become a chain reaction, not unlike the Manhattan Project. <laughs> not unlike it at all, except with crabs. Yeah, instead uh, of neutrons. The the man Crabton Project. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Keep going with and they, that. <laughs> they, uh, well, so it's, it's, it's a defense mechanism <laughs> that crabs have. It's a it's a defense mechanism where they like they they die and they're like well everyone else around me should die which will stop the oncoming crabs and save more of us in the long run. Yeah, my family caught a couple crab once on our, our boat and um, the one in the bottom of the pot of water that we were cruelly throwing them in to eat them <laughs> um, just shit all over the other one. <laughs> so we couldn't eat either of them. It was crab's revenge. It was a crab catastrophe. <laughs> 
Oh crap! One of my oh man, one of my favorite things, which I don't think we ever saw on on the three episodes I made you watch, is that anytime they they put the pot on the table and there's too many crabs coming out, inevitably somebody goes, "It's a crabalanche." Oh, oh! I wish I'd seen that. They say it all the time. I love fishermen trying to do my job. Uh, also join us today. He's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Seattle, Washington. Chris Smith. Alex, I could not tell you how excited I am to watch some masculine television. I'm wearing a Fun. trucker hat. I've got a very hoppy beer next to me, and I'm full of rage and sports and uh, <laughs> America. I'm full of America right now. <laughs> uh, it's it's good that we could finally bring that side out of you. <clears throat> That's right. Hoo-ah. <laughs> a side of you which perhaps not everybody assumed was waiting, but is there, actually. All right, fair enough. Uh, And also joining us uh, for this new masculine topic, which is exciting for her, too. She's an improviser from Chicago and our Twilight expert branching out today into crabs. It's Sarah Hathaway. Red gold. (laughs) They do say that a lot. Yar. Yar. <laughs> Yar. Uh, there, there weren't really enough peg legs on this show for my, for my tastes. Well, yeah. There was a peg finger. No. Oh. The closest they got, yeah, was that finger and then the guy who had a hole in the butt of his underwear. <laughs> yeah, but that's, right. that's just like poor tailoring, right? That's pegging, right? <laughs> yeah, that's totally different. <laughs> oh, I got mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's have... I, I want to see what you do with this, Chris, because it's not really a plot-heavy show. No. But you are our summarizer for your Freaks Recall and your dulcet tones. Today, I would like you to summarize the plot of Deadliest Catch in the style of Mike Rowe. What? Which guy he's was the that? the narrator. The guy who summarized Deadliest Catch. Oh, yeah, okay. He's, he's the narrator who went on to have his own show, uh, Dirty Jobs, with Mike Rowe. Oh, interesting. Okay. He is like America's America. Oh, got it. Okay. I thought you were going to have me like narrate in the style of a crab, in which case I'd just click at you. <laughs> scuttle, scuttle. Click, click, click. Scuttle. Sideways. <laughs> All right. Crab fishing in the Bering Sea is the most dangerous job in the world, with an injury rate of nearly 100% and fatalities every year. The sea is rough, freezing cold, and will kill you in minutes if unexposed. Still, each crabbing season, hundreds of the most rugged sorry, men sorry, Chris. Will... Unexposed? If left, if you are unexposed. If you are exposed. You're right. I'm just thinking, I like the idea of the Bering Sea that if you do not expose yourself to it, we'll kill you in three minutes. <laughs> it's a perverted sea. Demanding, isn't it? <laughs> if you expose yourself, it goes slightly quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Each crabbing season, hundreds of the most rugged men you'll ever meet go out in crabbing boats to bait and set steel cages, then haul them up with a crane, along with the hundreds of thousands of pounds of king crab they catch. The show follows Sig Hansen and the Norwegian crew of the Northwestern, Captain Jonathan and the crew of the Time Bandit, and the rest, as they brave the elements to catch their haul of red gold. They do everything from catch lots of crab to not catch much crab. (laughs) Also, sometimes they are totally irresponsible idiots when given enough time and and they they shoot guns and behave in unsafe ways. But damn, they know their way around a crabbing boat. A show so intense, you'll be itching to catch crabs too. Deadliest catch. I know. Oh. 
That was I had a few things have delighted me more on this show than hearing you describe this show that I've watched for like ten years <laughs> and be so spot on about how very little is going on in this show. How could you watch this so many years, don't. Alex? But it's always the same. They put the pot down and they hope they did well. They haul the pot up and maybe there's crab inside. And if they get enough crab, they go home. But if they don't, they stay out there and repeat. It's really for, not. So the first season, it was derby style, which means they just all fish until all the crab are dead. Like No, and, until the they in the world. reach some sort of quota, right? For, yeah, yeah. Between all, all the back. fleet. It's like the fleet has to get to this many pounds before the season's over, so you want your biggest share of it. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first season, and that, uh, which was 2005? Five, yeah, something like that, and they, uh, and they, but they, we've, we've been, we got too good at killing all of the crab too fast, and so the that season, Yikes. the crab, the season lasted like twenty four hours. It was crazy, and then after that, the derbing fishy, derbing fishy, derby fishing ended, and they now it's just everyone owns a piece of share from how how well they did that year and how big their boat is. No, no. It's however, however much you did that year, oh, okay. you get a percentage of the of the of the total catch, and then you can lease that to other people. So the big boats buy out all the little boats quota, and then just the little boats make money not fishing, which is a pretty solid deal. Oh, that's even better than oh, like fishing. socialism, yeah, sort of. And Top the and idea trade. was like this will be safer because they won't work twenty four hours straight. But it turns out no one wants to stay out there very long, so they just work twenty four hours straight for more days. <laughs> So the later seasons, they're spending months of of 30-hour shifts without breaks. And then, it's so great. It's Anyway, it's great. It's great. Everything's great about this show. It's Uh. great. (laughs) I'm I'm so glad we found something that makes you happy. (laughs) That's that's what I want about this. It's time for our compliment. We like to start and every show with a compliment. It's called the compliment sandwich. Uh, I have the right to go first or last because it's my episode. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. So I mentioned that I love seeing the crabs stay alive. Um, I also like seeing them uh, when they have their small acts of revenge, which I don't think we got any of these episodes, but they frequently will pinch a guy's glove. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they, it just, it doesn't, like, supposedly it could take off a finger, but I've never seen, it never happens on the show. Mostly they just, like, scream and then it falls off and then they're fine. What but, happened to Peg Finger, though? Oh, that I was think, dislocation. No, no, there was the dig- yeah. dislocation and there was the other guy, who, uh, Lenny, who got his stitches out, which you saw, and he cut his finger yeah. on something else. Uh, Not I think on it was a crab. A crab uh, didn't cut him in a crab fight. No, you guys. There was a cod knife accident in this. There's so the cod many had ways. A knife? <laughs> you use a knife to cut the cod for the bait. Yeah, and if a the cod, cod knife is it a like knife made out of cod? Is it a cod? Is a knife for a cod? Yes, you must chop down the largest tree with this cod as a <laughs> knife. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I really like. Anyway, I just get so excited for them for their small victories whenever they, or and or every once in a while they'll be able to cut through the the rope on a on a pot and then all the crab escape and they like see a little hole and all the crab are gone and I'm always so excited for the crab to win. <laughs> you win this round, crab. We'll yeah. be back. Yeah, they won't win in the long run. Like we've almost gotten rid of all the crab in the world. Like I'll teach them to be delicious and ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, awesome. All right. Uh, I want Ez to be next. Hooray. Um, this is uh, a compliment to crabs for being tasty and ugly because if they <laughs> weren't ugly, this would be, and it was like 
the deadliest catch sea puppies this show would be so much sadder God. well they have to keep the, the puppies alive yeah uh, but you but the know puppies where wearing floaties oh man I actually like the idea, though, that the puppies are like, they have little scuba tanks, and they're still crawling in piles on the bottom of the ocean floor. (laughs) Oh, my God. In in underwater puppy piles? Yeah. (laughs) The most adorablest catch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's the liveliest catch? What's the most, you're most likely to survive catching this thing? Uh, Butterflies? Yes, that's probably, that's probably it exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. I was gonna say hamsters, but they can bite and poop on you at the same time. Uh, oh, same bite time? Is yeah. there a word for yeah. that that you can think of, guys? Uh, biting and pooping at the same time. Yeah, I think it's just Lunch. creates a vortex in your body. Hmm. That's scary. Yeah, they're using they're exerting force from both ends very suddenly. <laughs> Did I ever tell you my favorite hamster thing that ever happened to me when a hamster pooped on me? I, that was your favorite thing? Well, no, so my sister had a hamster, and I picked it up, and it was standing on my hand, not looking at me. It was looking off into the distance, and it slowly, like, turned around and was investigating, and then it, ve- like, it dramatically, very slowly looked up my body and saw me in, my, in the face and then pooped itself. <laughs> like, it didn't realize I was there, and then it was like, whoa. <laughs> it was like like a giant, kind of like like panning up on it like a giant, and then, like, realizing exactly it's a right. giant and pooping. Exactly right. It was the most amazing thing. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, I would like Sarah to go next. Okay. Um, so this show made me realize that I eat like a crab fisherman. <laughs> 4,000 calories a day. Yeah, 4,000 calories a day whenever I feel like it <laughs> instead of sleep. <laughs> Although I have never buttered a Pop-Tart. Yeah, that... <laughs> They they just because they work so hard that they expend so mm-hmm. many they expend so much energy that they need to constantly eat and they also don't sleep and so they just pile in these just they'll show they're like they're, yeah they're like they butter pop tarts they'll butter bacon they'll be like pancakes with bacon and then sausage and mashed potatoes and then they'll just pour syrup over the whole thing and eat it and yeah. they all still yeah. lose weight yeah because it's yeah and like ice cream like whole quarts of ice cream they're just like eating out of it with their hands yeah like plates full of things they say are potatoes but they're i don't know what they are yeah those things <laughs> were burned within an inch of their life but no it, but, which it, is they, how i cook potatoes yeah. well they play the game of how much can i jam in my maw before the next buzzer goes off yeah it's yeah. pretty great <laughs> anyway uh chris that leaves you what's your uh, major compliment uh so mine is um is actually there's one character on this boat called the Northwestern that I love, and that's uh, Edgar, the brother of the captain. Yeah, who Edward, is great, unflappable. He is probably the toughest motherfucker on that ship, and yeah. he just is kind of a dope. Um, and so there's this plot, there's this whole plot device in the in the, or not device, but there's this thing that happens in the episode we watch where one of the deckhands, if he's not back in time, he has to go to jail if the yeah. season if they don't yeah. finish up. And so, yeah. What for? Well, it. it I don't. We know, know that he's an alcoholic. Remember, he has a court date, and if he misses it, he'll go to jail. Yeah, it's probably for drunken fighting because we know he's an alcoholic, and, we, well, and you it's commented that he always now? runs his mouth. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. Anyway, so he's talking about the crew taking vacations after this, and he's like, Sig goes to Hawaii, Bill <laughs> goes, goes to his new house, Edgar goes to California. Disneyland and all that because Edgar is a child in his mind. It's wonderful. 
Edgar really is wonderful. I mean, I mean, the Northwestern is hands down everybody's favorite boat. Yeah. There were a couple boats you saw in season one that never came back. They like oh, switch yeah. each year to fi- until they found Super the best. Super boring. The th- yeah. The three, the, the three best. You, you mentioned two of them in the opening, which are the Northwestern, which are the the Scandinavian fellows who are so funny, and also. <laughs> They're part of the world's dumbest millionaires club because <laughs> that boat brings in a couple million dollars a season. Oh yeah, well, uh, Sig is really crafty, and they always like. I think the editing shows that you know, like he, he they'll abandon him for a little while when he's down on his luck, but then it's boring when he does well because he's always like, "Well, back on top of the crab crab count again." Guess uh, Sig is a genius and a hard worker and a total dig a dick. Uh, he is so mean to everybody, but. Uh, then, then, then the other one was the Time Bandit, which is this is like the hillbillies, the hillbilly millionaires, mm-hmm. with the, where the guy wears a cowboy hat when he's when he's uh, working on the deck, and they shoot guns just into the ocean, like big military yeah. guns. <laughs> like that's they an blew AR-15. up a watermelon in one of our episodes. Yeah, yeah. Just put- yeah. Well, that was like they were the guy was in his underwear on deck. Then they started like poking him with like fish spears. Yeah. Then they threw a watermelon bomb on deck. Then they were firing a gun into the air, and then they were hosing the guy down. <laughs> I I thought that's what happened, so hard but I wasn't he sure. A hole in his underwear. No, he slipped no, I, on the deck, and the yeah. rough deck ripped his underwear. Yes. I like my mythology better. You know what? And that's the one we're going outdoors. with. Outdoors. On the Bering Sea in his underwear for a little while, and they decided to do all of those things to encourage him. <laughs> this was like in the span yeah. of two minutes, also. <laughs> well, here's the and thing. At the end of it, the captain just goes, You gotta love him. <laughs> you know? Well, what's, what's the third one? What's the third one? Is that the Cornelia Marie? The other one? Yeah, and you don't see a ton of it in this season. That's the one, that was the old, like, pirate captain, Phil Harris, who was, like, always tapping his foot because he's, like, drinks Red Bull and smokes cigarettes the whole day. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and he yeah, he's like to his son things. Jake. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. You, I made you guys watch the Jake the Jake swap, uh, where the two boats for the whole for the first part of the season, uh, they each had a Jake on them. And yeah, they were like in some a, sort of microcultural exchange. Yeah, yeah. They well, they <laughs> right. made Phil Harris's son Jake, who's a kind of a dipshit, work on a harder boat to show him like what hard work is like. And then they had and they switched him with the other Jake from the from the from the Northwestern, who was like, wait, people aren't assholes all the time to me on this boat? And he just loved it, because <laughs> Sig is such a jerk. Uh, and then they decided to give them back to the other boats by floating them. Yeah, by that literally making them so swim weird. for it in water I, that I will started, kill you. I looked away for one minute to look at dresses online. And I looked back, <laughs> and there were people in the water for some reason that kept being like, I hope we don't run them over. And I'm like, I hope you don't either. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah, and they very nearly killed Jake number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it was the worst Jake, right? <laughs> All right. Well, let's go into the hates officially now. Let's uh, we're gonna let's 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 see if we can all participate in the hadiest job in the world. <laughs> in any order, if you can manage, what's something you did not like about the show? Um. So there's this quote: "You're not a man till you've pulled a tooth out with a pair of pliers." Yeah. Well, that was a little cringy. Why don't you tell us about that, Ez? <laughs> well, if it wasn't clear from the quote, a guy pulled a tooth out with Jake, a pair of young pliers. Jake. Little oh, Jake, yeah. Which Jake was that? That was that was Jake Harrison. That was uh, Captain ha- Phil Harris Harris's son. Okay. Um. And and it was his dad who was like, "Don't be a pussy. Just pull it." 
Yeah. Not not great so, role model. So what what was our species like before there were pliers? Because way less of a pussy, apparently. Well, <laughs> no, I mean I'm just wondering, like, if it was like there were women, but there weren't any men yet because there were no pliers, and so men couldn't, you know, be men. Back then, uh, I don't know if you know this, but women just uh, were able to self-reproduce. So are there just two kinds of women? Like women who eventually pull out their teeth with pliers and then women who don't? I mean, let's ask a woman. Sarah, uh, would you consider a man who's never pulled out a tooth with a a pair of pliers, would you consider him a woman or just not a man? I think I would consider No, that's the only two. Well, in in the binary system, <laughs> I would consider him a woman. Okay, good. Yeah, so but, yeah, as you know, they're just as two Brittany different types says, of women. I'm not a woman, not yet a man with a pair of pliers. <laughs> <laughs> so anything can happen. Good. I'm glad we settled that. I do. In in serious hates, the one thing I don't like is the gross moments, and I there were several moments on the I think Oof. the season six episode I showed you where I turned away. I don't like the pulling the guy's stitches out there's a lot of frontier medicine that gets worked on the crab mm. uh, crab boats and it's always gross and i don't like gross yeah a, a close-up there was because there was a close-up of a guy getting stitches pulled out of his gnarly thumb and then the guy's like bent messed up hands from being dislocated so many times yeah. and then they also had extreme close-ups of onions disintegrating in the <laughs> yeah. it was just all of those things were too much <laughs> yeah. it was basically like watching deadwood only in very close quarters yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Was the the onion skins grossed you out as much as the bloody finger? Almost as much. Because it was pulpy. all those they onions were, lost to build water. Pulpy. Yeah. It was the the angst I felt over all of those onions. Those like thirty five onions in the build. Normally, I like. <laughs> so what happened was the boat was uh was listing a little bit, and a crate of onions fell over, and they landed in the water that was starting to fill the lower deck, and then they had trouble. The pumps didn't work because they got full of onion skin. I like it because normally when you catch onions, you have to keep them alive. <laughs> and if one onion dies, it'll emit a toxin. Okay, it'll it'll three other onions. All the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> but it does. T- dead onion loss. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, is there anything you guys want to know from me? Do we need a yes, yes, Alex yes, explains me, me, it all? Me. <laughs> as, uh, as. All right. So this is my. This is fun. As this is probably the first time you've asked me questions. So. <laughs> Ever. I guess we did bull- we did King of Bullshit Mountain. Anyway, it's my turn, King uh, King of Alex Mountain. What is your question, Ez? Okay, Alex, there's a quote. There are three ways to do things on this boat. Uh-huh. The right way, the wrong way, and the Norwegian way. Yep. How is something neither right nor wrong? Have you been to Norway? And also Norwegian. Yes, have you? <laughs> no, what's it like? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to answer your question with another question. Tell me about your trip to Norway. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Denmark, but more expensive. It, it, does it involve, is there a lot of raw herring? Yeah, there's some herring. Okay, good. So that's that's one way. Well, so, so it's 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 like the right way, but with more raw herring. Yeah, that's exactly how I would describe it. <laughs> they, that, that boat has the best uh, tradition, and they actually do it every year. So he wasn't just uh, razzing the new guy. Oh, but we're, oh I wonder for, if that was real. For good luck, every year somebody on the boat bites the head off a uh, a dead herring, a live herring. No, it, it's dead. It's just I whole. Think it's dead. Yeah, well, it doesn't you just survive the head biting either way. So no, it wouldn't. No, I think it's just a but just a raw herring. He bites the head off, and Edgar the dope is the one who's really good at it. He doesn't vomit ever. He just, oh. he, he can do it every time without, without that. <laughs> doesn't even vomit a little. 
what a man. That's yeah. the Norwegian Again, way. Manliness. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of manliness, I've got a question, uh-huh. Alex. Um, yeah, go for it. In the first episode, we meet uh, Greenhorn Bradford Davis, who is basically the best Greenhorn that ever Greenhorned. Yeah. Um, he is good at chopping bait. He only vomits a little bit, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get tired. Uh, how come we don't see him later as a professional crab fisherman? Yeah, because he uh, so he's on just the first season and he, or the first half of the first season because he just does king crab and he is amazing and they love him and he's the only like successful greenhorn in the history of the show and he wow. just does great and then he flies back to college in Southern California. Uh, I think the answer is self evident why he doesn't become a professional crab fisherman because none of those guys look good and he does like they you don't survive and be like happy and tan and healthy and fun loving you can't do that he's he's got college to attend yeah i think he didn't become a fisherman because he didn't have to exactly right i think that was his like study abroad experience uh to build on that alex how would you do as a greenhorn oh i'd be so bad at it how so i have thought about this you have a lot of knowledge i've thought about this so many times uh but i get so well first of all i don't like hard work um, I think actual well, crab fishing good. versus watching crab fishing on TV would involve a lot less hot cocoa and slippers time. Mm. Um, <laughs> Very little. I, that's the Norwegian way. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't so I don't like hard work. I don't like being cold, and I am really bad on little sleep. I oh, like to spend, yeah. as you can imagine, I spend a lot of time imagining how I would do on things on like TV shows. Like uh, I like Amazing Race. I think it'd be fun to be on Amazing Race. I feel like I could win that. I feel like that one's not that hard. See, I could not do it because they they never get enough sleep. They, there's a lot of like you have to leave at four o'clock in the morning, and I will not do that. Yeah. Okay. As I've seen you on Little Sleep, and you do okay. But once you, you have a goofy. chance to give up, you give the hell up. Okay, okay, but but I don't know <laughs> if you've seen Sarah on Little Sleep. She's like a rock, like totally great. And I would just lash myself to her and make Actually, her care. Actually, I've seen I've seen your wife fall asleep numerous times during active parties on Little Sleep. Yeah, yeah, sure, active parties. She's yeah. like a sleeping rock. <laughs> but but that's like that's a social situation where nothing's necessarily you like. There's nothing to do then. So it's like <laughs> competition. No, I'm just saying. If it was like a there's a job to be done, Sarah would be on it and like you know get us to the next stage. I would just like make sure that I was like holding her hand while I slept. Yeah, if there was some like serious prizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like not dying on this crab fishing season. Yeah, yeah that's a good prize. That's a prize. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean they're basically on a game show called "So You Think You Can Swim." <laughs> so you think you can survive? <laughs> so you think you can make a living wage doing this? Huh? Yeah. yeah. And they and only the winners survive. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. Um, it really makes a really good argument for vegetarianism because like those carrots are easy pickings compared to crab. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you saw how much dead fish they had to put in the water to get the crab out. So there's this whole other industry that's going around catching those fish just to put them in this boat for them to have the greenhorns grind up and throw in the water to catch the crab they actually want. Well, Alex, it takes smelly things to make smelly things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Although also sometimes great smelling things become smelly things in the digestive system. Like when you're a hamster and see a giant eat poop? Yes. Although they might eat smelly things. I don't eat, know what hamsters eat. Anything. Everything. I mean, like you could eat a perfume bottle and it would smell so bad later. How could you and eat also, a perfume bottle? That would hurt you. Yeah. Would you eat it a whole? How would you do this? Well, if you were on a game show called So You Think You Could Eat a Perfume Bottle. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, could, I don't yeah. think I could. Yeah, I think the answer is just going to be, nope, you can't. No. I don't think I can. 
Ezra, I'm tired of you writing all the Amazon ads. They're getting kind of weird, and you're always finding an excuse to do your Sean Connery impression. Well, if you think it's so easy, why don't you do it? Well, maybe I will. Maybe you should. But I should warn you, it's a dangerous thing. I can handle it. Here, I wrote one up. Sarah, just start reading the ad I sent you. This ad was required but not approved by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Amazon, more than just fleshlights. Commerce, the last frontier. Three college buddies hunt for adventure and their fortunes through podcasting and doing ads for read-weep.com slash Amazon. Yar! I spent all of my time on the high seas, but I hate fishing. That's why I buy me king crab legs from read-weep.com slash Amazon. Even me pirate agrees. Oh, sorry. Even me parrot agrees. Squawk agrees. And me wench. Arr, I like as well. I put my Amazon purchase over here. Ah! Falling, falling, falling. Splash. Wait, what happened? Why did she fall overboard? I told you. Odds are dangerous. Quick, Sarah, start another one. This ad was required but not approved by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Amazon, become a Prime member and get free two-day shipping, even to space. Meanwhile, at Space Shark's palatial moon mansion. And then I called Kelly Sharkston and told her, What doesn't drown you makes you stronger. <laughs> That's a funny joke. Can I have another space margarita? They're great. Aren't they? I get my mix from read-weep.com slash Amazon. Did you know they sell food? Space Cabana Boy, bring Space Pig and I another space margarita. Sure thing. I just put it over here. Whoa! Splash! Wait, wait, what just happened? How did Space Cabana Boy drown? He probably fell on the moon pool. That doesn't make any sense. The gravity isn't enough to hold water into a pool on the moon. I told you. Ads for read-weep.com slash Amazon are dangerous to write. The only thing that keeps you safe is the flashlight. No, I refuse to write an ad about a flashlight. Our audience is mostly female and in their teens. It's gross. I was afraid you'd say that. That's why I wrote this emergency ad. Shara, if you please. This ad was required but not approved by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Amazon, we keep you from drowning. Meanwhile, on a tightrope over the ocean. The wind is strong, Clown One. Surely we're going to fall off this tightrope into the Bering Sea. I know, Clown Two. Such a fate is inevitable. Jesus, there's no way they'll survive. Just listen, Alex. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Who is that? A pirate? Avast! You landlubbers seem to be in trouble. I can't believe you're balancing on a tightrope with two peg legs. Yar, it be the fleshlight I bought from read-weep.com slash Amazon. It keeps me safe wherever I go. Quick, give me one. Here, I brought one for each of you. Good day, mighties. Wait, can you bring us a wench too? No, mine perished in the horrible ad that Alex wrote. Ugh, I hate that guy! Read-weep.com slash Amazon. Go there every time you make a purchase from Amazon and you support your favorite podcast. They sell more than just fleshlights, but who would know? Me wench, she is in a better place now. So the last thing we need to do uh, is, uh, I, I, just like we've done with the other guys, uh, the, I gave you guys the opportunity to write in at facebook.com slash weep and ask questions of me for my guilty pleasure episode. 
I have not looked at them yet. So, Chris, uh, it, I, yeah. I hope some are there. Otherwise, I'll be kind of hurt. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay I Chris, will why don't you be in charge of right reading now. them? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jessica Humphrey and, actually, Anna Chandler both wrote related questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jessica writes, how much does it pain you to admit you actually like something? And Anna <laughs> writes, do you actually feel guilt for finding pleasure in anything? <laughs> Boy. I'm actually trying to work on a on a, a blog series of things that I like just to prove that I don't hate everything. Hmm. The fact that you're trying to work on it and haven't done it yet, though, Alex, is kind of proves our point. Yeah, you also hate work. So. Yeah, it also could be laziness. <laughs> that could be a part of it. But I, uh, I'm going to start with the other day I was at a coffee shop and there was a, a Wi-Fi hotspot that was called Pretty Fly for a Wi-Fi. I have that here, oh. too, next to me. You have one near you? All yeah. that means is that two people are tied for best human in the world. That's all. Because <laughs> oh, that is the I best. I still liked Big Titties, the one I pirated for a year and a half. <laughs> big Titties? Yeah. <laughs> that was one that you were you didn't feel bad leeching off of. No, Big Titties there, provided very amply. I've also, there was one in our building called Jewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, oh, I love it. Uh, I was also, for a little while, uh, there was somebody in the apartment complex that was, Ermagerd, wherefore? Which I liked. <laughs> um, some quick yes/no questions or yeah, quick questions. Round. Uh, Ralu, uh, friend of the show, yeah. asks: uh, If you were transported to a parallel dimension where everyone's gender was switched, would you sleep with yourself? Ooh, no. <laughs> there are more attractive people there. Okay. I have a great personality, but uh, I am also shallow. Yeah, you Ralu just like you as a friend. <laughs> yeah, on a I'd scale like of that. one to twenty, how funny do you rate yourself? One to twenty. Oh, uh, like professionally, I think I'm pretty good. I'm like, a, I think on one to 20, which is a weird scale. Uh, I feel like I'm like a, a 14, 15 professionally. In person, I don't think I'm funny at all, though. Mm. Which is, yeah. So like, I feel like I'm, I, I suck at party funny. Seconded. Okay. Um, <laughs> Drew Meager asks, uh, you were a stand-up fair. comic. You've just been told that an agent who is highly connected is going to appear at the gig. You are going to perform in one hour. But mm-hmm. this agent could catapult you to stardom. But 15 minutes before you said it's about to start, you get word that said agent has brought a friend along whose opinion they highly value. Uh-huh. This friend is an author, perhaps one you might have spoken about on this very podcast. Oh, Who would your worst nightmare be about who that friend is? And who would your best hope of who that friend is? Well, like, like what author we've made fun of do I think would hate me the most? And who would you like be pretty okay with their opinion about you? I mean, like the Fifty Shades lady. Mm-hmm. Not only did I write mean, th- did I say mean things about her on the show? I also wrote mean things about her appearance at the local bookstore uh, <laughs> for the local pay- well, the Alt Weekly I write for, and uh, so I've 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 referred to her badly a few times. So, but I mean, what I love about this question is that it implies that the authors we make fun of totally know us and hate us. One mm. did. No, she and- knew about us and she was flattered and didn't listen to the show. That's true. She was nice. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be okay if she was there. I would be super okay with her being there. Um, I would also be okay if uh, uh, the guy who wrote that, or girl who wrote that book that you guys hated that I liked, um, where he went to find his his doppelganger of his wife. Oh, atmospheric oh. disturbances. Atmospheric disturbances. Yeah, that person can find come watch me do comedy with a really connected agent any day. That is a female author. Yes, yeah, we'll um, right? Okay. Uh, Stacy asks, why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, here's the thing about chickens that you don't know, is that you have to catch them alive. Hmm. And, uh, oh, I don't know, man, that's, that's shitty. 
I'm yeah. only like a, a, a six at a party, you guys. You do know that, right? On a scale of 20, 1 to 20? Yeah, yeah, I'm not that funny at parties. This is a party funny question. Okay. Uh, Stacy Weaver asks, what look have you ever sported that you would be most embarrassed to admit or have a photo turn up of you? I, uh, you guys know this, you guys know this, I wore, well, I mean, all of them, I mean, I wore a lot of black for the last couple years of high school, the last year of high school and the first couple years of college, which I'm kind of embarrassed about now, and I also, I say a lot because I'm trying to minimize it now, nothing but, and uh, <laughs> and then also for my sophomore year in high school, I wore dress shirt and tie every day, uh, which was definitely a cry for help if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Ezra, friend of the show, Ezra writes, how much do you like yogurt? A lot or a lot a lot? I like yogurt. Uh, I, the only thing I like about yogurt is when there's fruit on the bottom. So I like it, sir, mix a lot. Mm. <laughs> that was pretty good, right? That was a party. That was pretty, pretty, pretty good, dude. I, I didn't think it was going to be a fun. six out of 20. <laughs> six out of 20. <laughs> Holding steady. Um, Alex, I don't know if this is supposed to be here either, but can you review that movie, The Social Network? <laughs> did somebody really write that yeah yes. as a question to you i disregarded that but i did not like that movie at all oh ah, i love it can i say actually by the way just since this is the conclusion of these uh the question segments our fans came through in such a huge way i oh, love yeah th- th- some, the fans these are yeah. some great freaking questions that we've gotten for this this is just, like they knew little bits about us and asked some slightly personal and then also just a bunch of really weird interesting questions mm-hmm. um alex to finish this off i don't know if you have to answer this or not but melanie asks are you down with the clown <laughs> <laughs> oh does that mean does that mean juggalo <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i bet that's a juggalo thing because then no but in general i feel like clowns are actually they're more like like as performers sort of bummers but i don't people being scared of them really irritates me so i feel like i should love them because it's one of those like fake fears that girls have to be cool and no one's actually afraid of clowns that's just like maybe one in a billion so like seven people you're not one of those seven people stop pretending you're afraid of clowns you're not really like sit there right now and ask yourself am i really afraid of clowns like if it wasn't uh, cool maybe not afraid but like i feel like there's i don't know like like wet underwear like it's that level of discomfort. What? Yeah. The like, fuck? It's, I'm not afraid of wet what? underwear, but no, it's no, uncomfortable no, 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 and I don't no, like no, no, it. No, no, no. I am. What? Here's the thing. I like wet underwear in like the right situation, like if I went swimming with my pants on. No, and no, it's no. the same way I your, feel with your clowns. Your pants are dry. Everything else is dry. Your underwear is wet. That's uncomfortable. Are we talking about peeing yourself? No. No, it sounds like Ezra's afraid of not miracles. myself, guys. You're afraid of something magically happening? No, I'm not saying I'm afraid of it. I'm just saying this is the equal amount of discomfort. I'm not afraid of clowns. Uh, I just don't like it like this in the same way as I don't like wet underwear. Clowns always came to being in a way that was fit, was pretty sure it was impossible, like the thing you just described, then yeah, that'd be freaky. <laughs> if clowns were impossible and magical, yeah, I'd be hella scared of those. Then I would definitely not be down with the clown. <laughs> I'd be running away from the clown. I'm guessing, yeah, it's an ICP thing. Damn it. song, Down with the Clown. So are you? And the answer is... Uh, I watched this movie about juggalos, and no. That clears up that, and that's the last question, so great. <laughs> great. Final compliments. That, you guys, this was so much fun. One of my second, like, in addition to Deadliest Catch, talking about myself, one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun on my guilty pleasure, too.
Let's get this done with now, though. Let's do the yeah. second half of our compliment sandwich. Uh, we're going to go in reverse order. So, Chris, you're up first. Ooh. Um, so, mine is just the twisted relativism of, of Deadly's Catch. So, when you're on a boat that's just stable is rocking in 20-foot waves mm -hmm. and everybody's getting hurt and, you know, mm -hmm. you just have a different sense of gallows humor. So, uh, <laughs> at a certain point, they're not catching much crab. It's it's one of the times when they cut to a boat that's not doing great. Mm -hmm. Um so, as a distraction, somebody cuts their finger open with a cod knife, mm -hmm. and the narrator literally says, The bleeding deckhand provides comic relief for the empty pots. <laughs> like, you have a guy who's bleeding, and, well, uh, yeah, he, like, everyone's laughing at him because he fucked up. And they need it because they're not catching much crabs in their death trap. I just and like to say, though... Is, <laughs> No, it's just it's an interesting uh it's a compliment but at the same time it's very interesting how these things uh become very relative right because if somebody else slices their finger clean off with a cod knife that's like now we have to stop the risotto and everybody has to go to urgent care mm -hmm. i you know? i think that like in uh in the in the i guess as a comic that bothers me that he says that because the guy cutting himself does not provide cut comic relief the other guys on the deck ripping on their friend who just hurt himself that's the comic relief yeah they deserve credit for making fun of him not him for cutting himself <laughs> they're the real heroes <laughs> not him exactly the unsung heroes of deadliest catch <laughs> i mean i think what actually happens uh is that just because it really is so dangerous anytime someone gets hurt and doesn't die they like just this explosion of laughter comes out <laughs> of people. like yes beat this, the odds again so happy that it was a minor injury yeah, who can blame them, really? Yeah. I do that sort of thing uh, in my everyday life anytime I go outside. <laughs> oh. Which is not often. <laughs> because I'm watching at this <laughs> There's so much TV. Uh, you know what didn't work out, by the way? The logging shows. I watched several logging shows, and they are not as good. It's a bad genre. Man, you have like distinctive and specific like predilections. I, I do not want to see your actual like porn list. Also, the uh, the Ice Road Truckers was terrible. The, the truck driving shows are the least interesting. Because huh. it turns out you're just driving a truck. Yeah, super boring. Even over ice, it's like, well, this terrible thing could happen. He could fall through the ice. But he doesn't for 12 hours. That's, oh, <laughs> that's why I didn't like um, uh, Ace of Cakes, actually. Oh, Wait, it's because because the it cake could like, fall through the ice, but doesn't well, no, it was for 12 like, hours. This cake is really hard. We might mess it up. And they never but do. We didn't. That's not, that, well. There's a lot of reasons why to hate Ace of Cakes. Ace of Cakes is terrible. Uh, mostly, it's because they're like art school douchebags. Whereas, uh, whereas Cake Boss, they're dumb fake mobsters who are st actually just cake artists, and uh, they pretend they're mobsters, and they are fun and silly and goofy, and they're not like and they exclusively employ cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's a yeah. beautiful cake. Shame if something had happened to it. <laughs> it's a, it's actually a spinoff on Undercover Boss. It's just that the guy, mm. all of his employees are cakes. Wait, no, no, he's a yeah. cake. It's like a cake goes undercover as a boss. <laughs> Worst cover ever. He's dressed as a pie. <laughs> Never see it coming. Uh, I do, incidentally, like... Uh, I, well, I like a little bit uh, Undercover Boss, although they're too similar like, everyone's the same, but I cry a lot at that show, which I don't at most of these, but that show makes me cry almost every time, so huh. I don't watch it. Who knew? Yeah. Well, it's just at the end, always there's one guy, the, guy, the boss is always like, 
you were a really great customer service at our sandwich shop, so I'm giving you uh, money to go to college, and you can work in our corporate office. I guess if there was a person whose problem couldn't be solved by bringing him to the corporate office, it wouldn't work, and the show would fall <laughs> apart, because that's their answer to everything, but yeah. it makes me cry. It's like, oh, we'll I met your kid, in. and he was so great, so I'm going to give you a raise and move you to the corporate <laughs> office. You lost your keys at the corporate office, so I'm going to send you to the corporate office. <laughs> your after half. Half? What is your compliment? Oh, well, you know, I I think it's just really nice to see a return to old-fashioned values like casual sexism and not crying over the sudden deaths of your friends. Oh, yeah. I hate formal sexism. Oh, man. Yeah. There, is, there is regimented sexism. There are not women on these boats. Except for no, because they bring storms and their moon blood attracts sharks. <laughs> moon sharks. I didn't know it was scientific. I thought it was superstition. Yeah, it's just a superstition. The uh, uh, there is actually a woman on the on one of the boats in season three, but uh, you didn't see her. Oh, and she's yeah. delightful. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's kind of relieving to hear because I was like, yikes! <laughs> <laughs> that, that montage of them being like, yeah, no women on the boats. Well, no. Also, no you'll women. notice though that the people said uh, they were just listing superstitions, not that they had, but that they'd heard of. So they might oh. not have been douchebags; they've just met douchebags. Although, okay. having watched the show, they're douchebags, all of them. <laughs> we didn't know it yet, but they are douchebags. <laughs> but I just, yes. yeah, exactly right. You just had insufficient information to make the right conclusion. Okay. All right, that makes sense. What uh, is this peer-reviewed hating? <laughs> Citation needed. <laughs> All right, Ezra, what's your minor compliment? Um, I just like how they're playing jazz of the language. Um, so they uh, they they're going cr- like they're catching crabs, right? Okay, mm-hmm. but it's still fishing with you so far. Um, yes, okay. yes. Without fish, really. Yeah. Like the well. point is not to catch fish. If they if when they're fishing, they catch fish, they fucked up and they're doing terrible jobs. There's so, a actually on a on a related note there was this thing for a while where like a bunch of the guys say this thing whenever like whenever they're having bad luck they go that's why it's called fishing and I like it was the greatest thing because I have no like it was like why because you put your pots down in the wrong place and there's no crab in it that's why it's called fishing uh, well, I think I, what they're uh, never mind no, no I can tell uh. you I figured out later what they were actually doing which is the first half of a saying which is that's why it's called fishing not catching. Right. Is yeah. the whole saying, but without telling me that, I was like, "Yeah, you're catching crab or not? Why is that called fit?" Like, I just, but I like the idea of these crazy seagoing men who just like to decide just on do, the origins of words. Yeah, just do like, or just do half of like a saying. Well, right. Once I know it was half, but at the time I was like, "Well, that's why they call it cage wrestling." <laughs> How did you come to that conclusion? Because it's not called cage winning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my minor compliment is this: uh, the during the the Jake swap, they employed, Jake swap twenty eleven. <laughs> they employed one of my favorite uh, reality TV tropes for the kind of reality TV I watch, which is the CG reenactment of how it could have gone badly. Oh yeah. So they showed like if the boats get too close, and then they do like a CG of the boat floating, and then the Jake under the boat, and like getting sucked towards the <laughs> propeller. And it's one of the things these shows do to show, th- show that this job is more dangerous than the tape reveals. Like, they never catch anything on tape that's super dangerous, so they're always like, mm-hmm. but it could have gone bad. And uh, this was a good example of that. The best example of that, though, is not in this show. It's, uh, it's in Axemen, which is not the best show, but I've watched all of it. 
Uh, and they uh, <laughs> just guys who wear a lot of axes. Yeah, the... it's they just wear a lot of body spray and they go around <laughs> offending guys people's douches. I'm sorry. Yeah, casual sexism. Those guys. Oh yeah, TV show. But they. Uh, but in, in the it's it's about uh, it's Oregon and Washington loggers and they. Uh, they nothing like no one gets hurt on the show. I think in the entire time I watched it. But every five minutes, there's a CG reenactment, and it'll be like, that wire could have snapped, and it killed this guy, and the CG reenactment, the wire snaps, and the wire goes 100 feet to the left and kills that guy, and then bounces back 100 feet to the right and kills that guy, and then it falls down the hill and kills a kid who was watching from the bottom. (laughs) Like, whoever is drawing CG for Axemen is like... It's like he's been watching too much Final Destination. Because yeah, I was going to say storyboarded Final Destination. Yeah, they oh. everything goes the exact worst possible way. But you, what, here's what you didn't know: that kid was going to grow up to be Hitler. So oh. mixed bag. <laughs> That's why they call it animating and not catching. <laughs> <laughs> That is it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for indulging me. I feel very... You guys have made my night. All of you. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, okay. I, uh, oh, it's great. Chris, it sounds like you liked it a little bit. Uh, I have liked this show in the past. Not not this time? I, you know, it, it's the same. Like, seriously, in my, in my thing, they, they do catch crab or not catch crab. <laughs> and everything well, else no, is just... You've watched enough uh, of, of Gold Rush to know that the, uh, that the way these shows work is it's, always, it's working... It's not working, or there's a mechanical failure. Yeah. Those are the, that's the cycle, and it's always you see one, and then you see another, and then you see the mechanical failure. No, no, no. Or there's Crazy Tony, and I fucking love Crazy Tony. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, thank you for not hating it then. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We'll be back again next week. Next week, we're going to go into some sponsored episodes, starting with Knowing, the movie. Uh, this is uh, sponsored by Ooh. Helene, probably. Uh <laughs> Internet yeah, people. <laughs> what do you guys know about this movie? Uh, isn't that Nick Cage? Uh, and he oh, knows something's going to happen. Cage, the 2009 yeah, he, he predicts the future. Yeah. Um, he has a list of things that are going to happen that are like in numeric code of some type, I think. You guys, someone paid us to watch a Nick Cage film? Yep. Yeah, you lucked out. Didn't they know we were going to do that anyway? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I can't wait. Okay, excellent. Well, uh, so we'll be watching that awesome piece of cinema next week thanks for the gift helene uh and uh thanks for being here as always chris and ez yeah of course uh sarah thank you so much i hope it's more fun than twilight thank you guys this was a real treat i i actually did really enjoy this everybody go Uh see meridian at io chicago yes please do Um, how are things going with that uh, very well, but we always like having new people. Oh, good. So. Awesome. Well, uh... <laughs> Don't be complacent, audiences. <laughs> <laughs> good. It's good that you said that. Now they know. Podcast at readdeshweep.com for to contact us or facebook.com slash readandweep. That's all. Goodbye, everybody. Splash. Splash.